0: Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumpser. Hi, Stacy. How's North Carolina?
1: North Carolina's doing well. It's uh it's a bit of a gray day, but we've had sunshine and nice,
0: you know,
1: kind of cool temperatures and I and I can't complain and I got outside for the first time in about two weeks yesterday, um, because I was able to well, not yesterday, the day before yesterday, I got the stitches out of my uh, Surgery that I had on my leg, and I'm walking around on a boot now, and all the fun stuff. So I'm feeling much better personally. <laughs> and how about you, John? Are you uh, doing well uh, in California? Much like North North Carolina right now, your COVID-19 numbers are going up as well, aren't they? Uh, uh, unexpectedly, I think in California.
0: Yeah, we're hunkering down here um, in Northern California. That the, the, the... The big jumps are all in the south but but it's um uh, it's it's uh we're we're headed into the next wave of this thing i think is what i'll tell you yeah. if you look at yeah. if you look at the global statistics, the United states is winning and this and this is not a race we'd like to win yeah. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, the term winning in that, that particular sentence may be a little bit distracting, yeah. Yeah, know we are, we are definitely at the top of the pile is a better maybe way to think about it. Um, but that being said, I, I do think that, you know, depending on where you're located, um, certain regions are addressing it probably better than others, and we are starting to see businesses open back up and the markets start to move again. And there's a lot of... of of movement going on. And we'll see if that will have to be pulled back again due to the numbers rising. I know here in our state, we are sort of staying in what they call phase two of our opening process because the numbers have risen um, and kind of in a holding pattern with the hopes that we won't have to go backwards. Um, the, the at least our governor's conversation has been much more about, you know, can the hospitals address the needs? That's really when things start to, they start to push things. Um, Back into quarantine, but we'll see I think every state is handling it differently. That's one of the challenges um and you know the opportunities we have as a uh, country that has state by state uh adoption of this right now right
0: yeah yeah this is this is it's going to be long remembered as a primary failure of the federal government system it's 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 disheartening that there's not a national um, helmsman or helms person, but uh, we will get to the other side of this one way or the other so so what's in the mailbag?
1: Well, um, with all that's going on in the world, we have not stopped what's going on in the HR tech space. It's been a busy week. Um, You know, not only did you and I have multiple analyst events last week that we talked about um, from TalentSoft to ADP to SAP, SAS, SAS Fire and SuccessFactors. Um, What we also saw this week is that Workday made a major launch and announcement of um, what they're calling Workday Help and Workday Journeys, as well as Workday People Analytics. Some of it we saw at their um, users conference and analyst event um, in the fall. Um, Much of it is probably stuff, you know, they had had slightly talked about in the um, analyst session they did with us. Um, but this is is a bit new to me, so so it'll be interesting to see where where that goes. Um, we also, saw at the same time, Microsoft did a, an announcement um, that they are doing a strategic partnership with Workday to accelerate planning for today's world. So that's a little bit more on the on the financial side, but I think it has some impact on what's going on on the HR side as well. Um, Degreed raises 32 million dollars, not the 32 months, but which comes on the heels of their 75 million dollar investment last June. Uh, this time to expand on career mobility. So it'll be interesting to see if DeGreed can take uh, the momentum that they had the last couple of years and um, move that forward. We're also to another $35 million investment, but in a Series A funding round. This is for a company called Brightside, which is focusing on financial wellness uh, and within a financial product marketplace. So there's some interesting stuff with our investments, another $8.5 million for a uh, recruiting company called Pando, um, which is worth probably talking a little bit about uh, from an investment perspective. And then, you know, we're starting to see, I guess the best way to call these are, are, are um, organizations reassessing where they're standing financially, right? And I think this is something that we see at any point in time from time to time, but we'll probably see more of it as the markets sort of, Um, figure out where we're standing after the COVID-19 initial hit in in the market. And um, Skillsoft entered an agreement uh, last week uh, with lenders to significantly reduce debt and position the company for long-term success. So there's some conversation we had there about what does that mean. Um, And WorkHuman human um, was listed and at least in the Irish Times and Irish News as the latest Irish tech firm to reach unicorn status. Um, unicorn status, by their definition, is that the firm reached um, a valuation of 1.2 billion dollars as a as a um, organization with uh, investors and privately held. And so it'll be interesting to see if if you feel that's the the your view of that is the same as their view of that, John. Um, And then if we get time, there's some, you know, cross that line, creepy HR conversations that we always tend to have. Uh, PWCs doing facial recognition tool um, on their uh, work at home employees that um, as being sort of quoted as being very privacy invasive, tracking how many times uh, workers are getting up to go to the restroom, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's probably worth the conversation to say, um, how do you stop from, you know, becoming creepy in the HR space <laughs> with all of this tracking? Um, so lots of news, John. Where do you want to dive in? It's a, it's a busy week for being, for being that where most of us are still homebound on that in many cases
0: well let's let's talk about workday. they sort of um exploded in the in the um release of news category anyhow i'm sure i'm sure because workday is so buttoned down and so um um accomplishment focused i'm sure this has been planned for some time but but the timing's interesting um i I sat through um um, a lengthy demo of the new Oracle Analytics capability, and mm-hmm. um, it's much more of a laboratory for analytics. That I think the Workday the Workday product is more packaged so that you don't need to be a data scientist to use it, and the Oracle stuff is packaged so that if you want to have data science, this is the place to go. And, and so, so have you seen both of those?
1: I have, and, and I've also seen um, some of the stuff that SAP has in, in their, what they're calling their analytics package, right, and their, their, their layer of that. And I, and I think that was my, my perspective as well. Both SAP and uh, Oracle are taking more of a, we have the tools your data scientists need to sort of pull the business's data together as a whole, right, and uh, HR right. is part of that. Um, Workday approach seems to be that they have the tool. I mean, I know their their acquisition of, of Adaptive and, and the use of that tool has definitely been with this in, in sight, but I think the way they're presenting, the way they're making it available is much more, like you said, in a packaged-out productized um, a group of, of things that you can find. And In fact, they specifically call out um, in this announcement, that you will be able to look at organizational compensation, retention and attrition, diversity and inclusion, hiring, talent and performance. So they're telling you what metrics that they're going to be able to sort of help you pull together uh, with this analytics package. So it's interesting, different views on it, and, and I think it goes to who their clients and customers are on some level, right, um, and, and the kind of um, skill sets that they would have in each of those organizations.
0: So, so could I say that a different way and, and, and tell me if you think I have this right? The Oracle client is smaller, and so they're not likely to have a fully deployed data science team. Um, and the SAP and Oracle clients, while they have small clients, they design products for their huge clients, and that's where you're liable to find complicated analytics um, endeavors.
1: I would that, on one thing, those, fair, I think it's a fair assessment. But you said the first one is Oracle client, and you meant Workday client. <laughs> I think it's just early in the morning for you, Jeff. <laughs> I know we're starting half an hour early today.
0: It but is. It, it, is it is. For like, some for some reason, the coffee isn't working so well today. Yeah, but, exactly. But, but yes, yes, <laughs> <But, but, but, laughs> yes. Good, good. Okay. Yeah, now,
1: no, and, I, and I think it what? makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I can tell you which is better. I, of course, would prefer the laboratory uh, because I'm always interested in finding out the things that um, you can't get with standard practice. Uh, But there is a a, a real need for uh, tools that just assume that you need X capabilities and give it to you.
1: Yeah, and, and, I don't, and I think that's, you know, for me, I think it's, it's actually kind of funny because it probably works because I actually like the idea of coming out with a serious set of things that because I kind of like to be able to, like, just tell me the thing without having me have to go through the process of figuring it all out, give me the five or six things that you know I'm going to need as well as you leave me room to go and do investigation, right? Um, and I think, it, it, like you said, it comes a little bit down to, to style, skills, you know, how you approach your work. Right um, so, um, and what I've always said is that um these vendors know the culture you have because they do work to the cultures of the companies that are you know most predominant in their business models um, and and that's definitely the case here. Now I think the bigger <clears throat> thing is as much as um, we're talking about their analytics package is this uh, workday help and workday journeys. now workday journeys is seems like it basically, um, a personalized experience guide, which is just sort of basically almost like workflows built around some very important sort of transition, life transitions you would have, which is important at this point in time as organizations are dealing with a lot of things such as, you know, um, layoffs or uh, off-boarding and onboarding or um, uh, transitions people might have in their life if they're moving um, because of, um Things like they might have a death in the family, or there might be some changes in there from going from one role to another role. Whatever it is, I think they're trying to create again that that very sort of tailored approach to. Hey, you have someone who's going through this. We've already sort of thought through the steps for you, and here's what the journey is. Um, on the other hand, Workday Help, as far as I can tell, and this is not something that we have talked with Workday about. I do not remember seeing this um, demoed yet. Yeah, you may have seen it. And uh, is a, what they're saying is a case management application. This is a direct competitor to a lot of their partners. Um, the most probably well known of is ServiceNow, but they also have a lot of partnerships with other organizations like Dovetail. So I'm not sure what this is, how this is going to play out in the market. But having a case management application, um, the only other large um, HR. Uh, organization that has done this effectively has been Oracle right now to sort of combine and then what Ultimate has done by adopting uh, PeopleDocs. So this will be interesting to see how this works.
0: So so I'm going to wonder here, but, and, and this is both a service, service now and um, Workday um, sort of question, I'm going to wonder if this is a smart time to introduce machine learning-based um, uh, closeting for functions inside of, of the HR department. My sense is that things are changing really, really rapidly um, and that that we're in the middle of a, an unexpected uh, and extraordinary transformation in what HR does and doesn't do. And so the idea that, that you come to market with the capacity to pin down um, learning problems because you have some long-term history that you can draw on to, to get those things that that, stri- that strikes me as um a little tone deaf i'm not i'm not i'm not sure it's a lot tone deaf but but um my guess is that the problems that people are having that they really need help with are not the same old problems, which is what a machine learning tool would help you with, right? The things that people are having problems with are we've never seen a problem like this before. What do we do? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so so being able to automate prior history so that you can um you see that seems That seems like a reaction to a competitor rather than a reaction to the marketplace
1: possibly i mean if if you read this statement part of of providing a case management tool is providing the ability for someone to get through the layers of basic help to a live person this this is something that they did not have previously, which was basically a help desk tool right um, and I think what you're saying is that look. It, there is no historical precedence for this, so we need live human beings on the phone answering these conversations, right? Well, work didn't really have an option for that up until this point. Um, so I do think that maybe this is it, 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 sort of a reaction to that. Um, I think that the, what you're talking about comes in how it's implemented, right? Do I implement it with a, I want 99% of my calls answered by a chat bot, and a uh, algorithm, or do I make sure that I quickly move someone? And, you know, this is the difference between the credit card company that I scream at on my phone for, like, you know 15 minutes trying to get to a human being and the one that immediately realizes that my voice is raising and they're going to put me through to a person immediately and then I get what I need done, right? Um, same thing, same case management types of tools, just differences in how you... Make decisions about when you move people into talking to a human being, right?
0: Well, I think you just gave me a new chatbot trick. So if you scream <laughs> at the chatbot, they'll cut you through to a human being. That's awesome. I know it doesn't it doesn't work at all of them. I
1: found <laughs> there are points in which I just hit my wall. I'm sure you all you all know it out there.
0: You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, Daddy, Daddy, why are you yelling at the phone? Exactly. <laughs>
1: yep. <Yeah. laughs> After the twenty minutes of round and round. But not only did we get announcement right from our day, we also got this announcement about a strategic partnership with Microsoft. And this is sort of interesting because, you know, this announcement, uh, an, a a strategic partnership prioritizing enterprise planning in the cloud and expanding business solution customers can use more optimized details. So they're, they're cre- basically creating a, an opportunity for m- the Workday customers to put their planning tools inside of the Azure Work Microsoft Cloud, but they're also connecting all of the data, it looks like, a little bit more closely with Workday Teams and Workday com- um, Microsoft Teams and Workday Communities, so this is a this is a much tighter integration, I think, than we've seen in the past with Microsoft or Workday. And so this is sort of interesting as well. I think that this is coming at the same time as we're starting to see an elevation of Microsoft being used as and on an at-home basis perspective, right? So,
0: so, so am I getting this right? This this really sounds like the analytics stuff that I've been seeing at SAP and Oracle, where you have but they're using Microsoft as the way to splice and dice and manipulate the data that's inside of a, work, uh, a Workday um, implementation. Is that is that how I should read this?
1: No, no, I think because it says here Workday Adaptive Planning offers customers a modern platform. I think what they're doing here is they're saying that your data can reside in Azure, not that you're using Microsoft BI tools or anything like that, but your data resides. Uh, the difference is, is where does your data reside? If your data resides inside of its own separate sort of public environment, or does it resi- have to reside in the um, inside of, you know, Workday's uh, cloud environment, right? That's, I believe, the, the crux of this particular announcement
0: here. The addition of the Workday Adaptive Planning brings leading modern planning analytics and reporting solution at scale to the Azure community. So to anybody, so this is providing um, planning tools, analysis tools, got to be data science tools in there to anybody inside of the Azure cloud. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It's that's that's yeah. actually really interesting. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure if it's... A... That hurts my head.
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure if it's the same thing. I mean, AWS, Amazon Web Services, has its own sort of analytics tool called QuickSight that you would use to analyze... You, know, you could put other tools that you could analyze data on on Amazon Web Services, but but you may want to use their tool. I'm not exactly sure about Microsoft in this particular space. Obviously, they have Microsoft BI Analytics. It's one of the fastest-growing tools in the market based off of our data set from what we're seeing. So I'm not sure how those two things work together, except that, you know, adaptive planning is, is again, one of those more tailored, already has built-in type of, um, I'd say, analysis that is needed for some of the business type of conversations that you're having. So that might be the case here without further and you know yeah.
0: conversation from the team, I'm sure we can get it. Well go work there. They made a lot of news this week. Now Degreed raised more money. That's that's really interesting to me because because I still you know, I, I love I love the intellectual atmosphere of at Degreed. Um, but I still don't have a grasp of how a company really deploys them well. Um and so, so what do you think about you, you? You and I both have interesting relationships with them, but but what do you yeah. think about it? this? Is another well, this is this is a another slug of money after a really big slug a year ago.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm surprised to see this um, as as an as another amount. Uh, you know, I think the has struggled a little bit with with the the transition that a lot of organizations who hit this point do, which is their founder and leader, you know, as that transitions from being sort of the the smart kind of geeky guy who really gets it and has this really cool sort of insight into what's happening, but who also isn't quite ready to take the company to the next level. They had to do some transitioning there to their new president and have some conversations about how we become a big company for big companies. Right. Um, and so I think they went through right. a little bit of that last year and that was definitely part of what they needed to do. And now I think, you know, they're also realizing that they can't be a one-note, right? Like as good as they are at the idea of creating a profile and a learning experience and um, putting together a a place where someone could sort of capture all of their learning um, in one place and take it with them wherever they went, right? Even if they were learning on um, the company's dime or or, uh, with support of their current company. There needs to be more about how do I make this powerfully valuable to my career, right? Like learning isn't the the end-all be-all. And so my take is that they now have to sort of rethink the platform from just a learning experience platform into a career management platform because that's really what people are struggling with. Um, We, you know, the the last five years in the learning uh, market has been all about learn on your own figure it out, you know, become this, you know, personal, you know, advocate for yourself and and build and develop your skills. Well, I think what's happening right now is a lot of people have invested time in training themselves and that's not helping them get the jobs they need because you and I both know that just learning something doesn't give you the same experience as applying it and getting personal feedback and getting insights from people who have already gone through that and the coaching and mentoring that you need that you get when you're on the job. And so um, my sense is that they are, they're probably facing the same thing we're seeing in a lot of the other LMSs right now, which is, I want to know how this helps me develop a career, not just learn a new skill. So that's my take. And and I don't, and I think it's a good move for them. I I actually think that this is a a wise decision for them to move in this direction. Um, The question is, can they make the pivot, right?
0: So, so, so let me ask you, do you think there's such a thing as a career? Do people actually have careers? I, I, I wonder a lot about this. I particularly wonder for the 35 or 40 million people who are currently unemployed, if they think they have careers. Um, and, and my guess is that career is a – my take is that career is a 20th century idea. Um, that it doesn't account for um, rapid changes in how work gets done and that um, what you really do when it's time to get the next job, if there are a lot of jobs, you get another job like the one you just had, maybe a little more complicated or something, and that's forward progression in a career, I guess. But if everybody around you is currently unemployed, and you need to feed your family, why you take the next job you can get. Um, and, and I've never seen a career tool that accounted for the fact that people who actually go to work actually live in the world. And, and while it would be nice to, be, to, to, to hold on to your dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up, that only really happens in academia and only to a very certain category of people in academia.
1: Well, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you on this one, John. <laughs> I've been having these conversations. I've mean, probably got a dozen people right now that I have been talking to who are, you know, in career transition, right? Um, and the conversations I've had with them are the same conversations that I had. I had a, a really good um, career counselor um, last time I was laid off who who had great conversations with me about what I was passionate about and what I really was looking for in a job. And she counseled me, even though I was the only breadwinner in my family at that point in time, and I did have a family to feed on when, you know, where I should be focusing and and when I maybe should not take the first job offer, which was a really hard thing to do at that point in time in my life, Right. And thank God I had so many counseled on me that because then I found the job that really made a difference in my life, right? Uh, if I had accepted the other offer, I would never be where I'm at today, talking to you and, you know, doing the kind of things that I love. And, yes, some of that is because I had opportunity, and, and but I but I have had the same kind of conversations with dear friends who have been, at, you know, who do not have college degrees, who are working in, you know, frontline positions, who are, you know, um, it, not in positions where they have been, um, you know, uh, you know, able to think about their careers before as a career, right? Um, but they all have ideas about the kind of places, and I'm not talking about engagement and I want to have this kind of company. I'm talking about if I'm passionate about, you know, serving my community, maybe I'm more interested in working in a nonprofit. If I'm passionate about um, sports because I used to be an Olympian and now I'm I'm working in HR, Um, why would I not maybe look for HR roles in organizations that are doing the things that I have a passion for, right? It it really is, I think, a different um, way of thinking about how work fits with your life. Um, And I get that there are times when you don't have choices and that completely understand that. I've been there many times myself um, when I was um, younger and I, and, and, still today in in some cases, it's always around the corner, right, but I think that um careers are a real thing, and when we stop and think about what we are trying to achieve, we make better decisions for ourselves.
0: That's my two cents
1: sorry well, <laughs> so
0: so 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 i think I think that's good I think that's good it's, but, but I'm thinking about so you want a career in h r right and and for me, and maybe this is a a, a white male view of the world, for me, career includes some sort of growth track and some sort of increasing responsibility over time. Um, and so so I have educated myself about all of this HR stuff uh, on my way to preparing myself to have the next big thing, and then the pandemic hits, and it turns out that the most important thing in HR has to do with health and safety and none of the stuff that was forward-looking a year ago. And so the people who actually get ahead in this time are people who are interested in things that didn't appear to be mainstream, that no machine would have recommended to you, that no career counselor would have recommended to you because they all suggest that what you should do to grow is follow the trends. And, and that's not actually how it works, right? what actually happens is you get ahead because stuff breaks and you're willing to step into it because you, even though you don't know anything about it. Um, And um, that's just seems at odds with most of the views of careers as um, this sort of incremental development in the space that you're passionate about idea.
1: Let me tell I. It does, and and I and I get what you're saying, and I, I think that goes back to the type of career platforms that we have out there in the market right now, right. Most of them are built around what you just say stated, right, which is, um, you know, this person who kind of looks like you has done this, right, and here's how they did it, right, or or you know, these ten people took these courses and maybe you should think about it, right. Um, I think career mobility is as much about internal sort of assessments and internal perspectives as it is about external and historical data. And it's definitely, um, I I, I would not say that our current career mobility market addresses what I just talked about in most cases, right? Um, And our current career mobility market focuses primarily on taking data and trying to show what you talked about. So I think we're probably saying a little bit of the same thing, but is there a career mobility that's working the way I think the market probably needs it to for the for everyone at every level? Probably not. Um, is there a way that maybe we could make it work if we thought a little bit about uh, every individual person and, and, and individual requirements as well as not just the trends about the market, but if you were really looking. I think, you know, we had enough warning signs that there could be a pandemic. I mean, we had tons of warning signs, right, and what would happen in that kind of a scenario? I think those are the kind of scenario planning that should be going on in our career mobility co- you know tools, as well as in our financial planning tools, as well as in our HR workforce planning tools. Right? Um, that I think is is the problem that we have. We haven't been far enough ahead.
0: Right. So yeah, let's keep, let's keep at point. this just just another second because because. Here's the, here's the thing about career development and about, you know, this runs back to degree. It, it it cuts all the way through all of the things that people are doing to try to address this problem. When you decide to prepare for the next step in your career, you are always placing a bet. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and if you prepared for some... Mm-hmm. Um, massive health scare disruption in HR. You're, you're, you've been really smart and you are, you are having an extraordinary moment in your career, but the odds of, the odds of it happening right now were probably 20 or 30 percent. And so, in order to prepare, you'd have to take a long shot bet that this was right. And um, the, the kinds of tools that are being developed don't encourage long shot betting. Um, and so, and so, so you could have prepared for all of the normal stuff, which was an 80% bet, that the normal stuff would be the next thing, and it turns out that it isn't, right? And so, and so you took a sure bet and lost, and the, the person who trained themselves for sort of pandemic-related uh, experiences took the long shot bet and won, um, and that's never really clear in the internal mobility stuff that, that what you're doing is adding an item to your portfolio that has risk associated with it um, and that your job in managing the preparation for your career is to organize a portfolio of experiences that has the highest likelihood of payoff in the direction that you want it to be.
1: I, I think, yeah, no, that's that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I think that, and and you know, the bets we take, the risks we take with our our own personal decisions about work are just as important as any risk you take on a financial level for a business, right? Because it's it has an impact on our finances personally, right? So it's yeah, no, this is this is a really good conversation, and and we have rarely thought about career mobility and career management as a risk management conversation, or even as a, as a, as a scenario planning conversation, right?
0: Right. Right. This is good. We should pick this up again. So, so thanks for, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to do this this week as usual, a great conversation and thanks everybody for listening in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer, with Stacey Harris and John Soldier. This was our 272nd show, and we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye now.
1: Thanks, everyone.